Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, Daphne is listening to the programme. She says uh, Derry Council should be commended on their attitudes in relation to women's rights and the understanding of the menopause. Uh, this is one of the news stories today, actually. It's Derry City and Straban District Council. They've agreed to adopt a menopause policy. And it's believed that this is the first council in the whole country to uh, adopt this kind of policy. It, uh, it aims, apparently, to outline exactly what the menopause involves. It's hoping that it will cut down on absenteeism uh, due to uh, symptoms that women would have and provide support to manage those symptoms at work. Now, obviously, Daphne is pleased that the council would be making this uh, move. I want to speak to Amanda Ferguson, who very often writes about women's issues. Uh, Amanda, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Amanda, why is this so important to women that the council would form a policy? Obviously, they want employers generally to have some form of policy. Yeah, well, I think that there's a, a if you have a greater understanding of the issues that impact women, then it's a better outcome for the individual women themselves um, and a better outcome for the workplace. Because as nice as it is to introduce all these policies when it comes to employers, um, they you know the bottom line is always about efficiency. So everyone's a winner. And I think that in years gone by, when people sort of shied away from talking about maternity or from talking about the menopause or, or talking about women's issues, as they would be described, and um, that we're in a kind of changing atmosphere where people feel more free to talk about things. And, you know, the menopause is a huge um, change in a woman's um, life. And it does impact on, you know, on her, on her ability to, to, to function um, on, on a lot of occasions. So if employers are more conscious um, of the challenges that women are facing and they're going to accommodate that, then it's better for everybody. It's better for the individual people. It's better for the team, for the entire workplace. How does it impact on a woman at work? Because we're all aware of women who will say in the office, oh, hot flushes, oh, hot flushes. And that's how they sort of laugh it off. But what are they really going through in terms of the demands on their working day? Yeah, well, you know, that is a very good example, Frank, of whenever someone will be experiencing uh, hot flushes. You know, that, that makes a difference to how uh, someone's able to go about their business, whether that be in terms of, like, the heating in the room, how they're feeling psychologically, all of those things. And I think that the conversation's even being widened out now where it's not even just the menopause that they're talking about, it's the periods that people are talking about as well. Um, you know, I know that, like, in some countries they have uh, policies and time off for people who are experiencing, you know, cramps and 
experiencing severe pain and all of those things. So I think that because uh, workplaces weren't traditionally geared up to accommodate women's needs, the more that people understand what women experience with their bodies and with their minds at all different stages of their life, the better it's going to be for everybody, the better it's going to be for for the individuals and for the whole workplace. Do some employers have a proper and full understanding of, and I don't mean to be in any way patronising or flippant in what I'm saying, but do they have an understanding of how difficult it is actually to be a woman sometimes? And if a woman comes to a manager, particularly a male manager, and and says, I I need time off because I have period pain or I need time off because, gosh, I just, I'm so hot and bothered here with with the menopause. Do do most managers not think, come on? Well, well, there may be, there may be some people that do. I think it would be wrong to sort of throw everybody into that box or maybe to suggest that like, because the the, the boss is a man that he won't be able to empathise or or sympathise because I'm sure that um, you know, bosses are approached every day with issues that don't directly impact them or they may not necessarily directly understand, but they realise that they have a duty of care uh, to their employer. So I think that it's getting better. I think that um, e- even women's understanding of their own experience is getting better because, you know, previous generations, the menopause may have been something that women just didn't talk about at all. It was just something that you sort of, that happened, that you got on with, that wasn't really discussed. Um, and we know that, uh, you know, the, the sort of the psychological impact of menopause uh, may may have been ca- characterised as, as something else in years gone by. So I think the, the more freer that people feel uh, to talk about issues that uh, that are affecting women, the better. And w- w- especially with the period element, mood changes come and those who are around a person when they have a mood change have to sometimes uh, receive the sharp end of the tongue. Is is that acceptable for another employee to be on the receiving end of maybe a wicked comment from someone who is going through a difficult time? Wicked is an interesting way to characterise it, but I'm I'm sure my other half would... uh be uh, very familiar with uh, perhaps uh, understanding the different uh, hormonal ranges that you have during different different times of the month. But I think that um, you know whenever whenever everybody has issues that have, that impact their daily business, whether it be periods, the menopause, different issues that are going on at home, different illnesses, different um, conditions that people are coping with. So you have to because you're in the workplace, you do have to maintain um, a different um, kind of air than you. Would if you were perhaps just, you know, in the comfort of your own home or around people that you work with, because obviously not everybody's going to understand um, why you're perhaps uh, behaving in the way that you're behaving. But I think that if there's more of an open discussion in workplaces around um, issues, like, you know, because, like, it's not strictly, uh, you know, mental health, but, like, around psychological issues, around issues that might affect your mood, around the conditions that you have and how they manifest themselves. I'm not talking strictly about the, the menopause here, just more in general. I think that, that that's something that's to be welcomed because if, you know, as, as I said at the, the start of the conversation, as, as much as it's lovely for, for policies to be introduced to facilitate employees, the employer's bottom line is productivity and efficiency and, you know, wanting to minimise the amount that people are off sick. So if workplaces are seen as a more um, caring environment or a more open environment where you can talk to your employer or you can talk to the dedicated uh, person within the team about issues that are impacting you you through your health or through any any other reason, that will 
um, that will be beneficial to the business as a whole. So I think that the, the, the councils, whenever they're taking policies like this, it's good It's good to see it. You know, you see that, like, uh, whenever I was up in um, uh, the foil last year, up in the council at Derry, you see that they were providing free sanitary products um, in all of their toilets as a, as a sort of pilot scheme. Um, and that is something that um, is, is very uh, much welcome, something that women are very much welcoming. And I think that the more that we have these conversations um, about maternity and about periods and about all the issues that affect women, uh, because you know women's role in the workplace is a lot different now than it perhaps would have been in decades come by. So anything that can be done to accommodate them, um, you know, is very welcome. And I'm sure women would like to see this rolled out across all councils and across all different employers. Yeah, and of course I, I should emphasise that men have a great knack of being moody and sometimes unbearable as well and probably have <laughs> no excuse, no excuse. I just, you mentioned maternity. I noticed the Alliance councillor here in Belfast, Kate Nicholl, uh, she brought her seven-year-old son uh, seven, seven-week-old seven son, I'm sure the yes. se- seven-year-old probably, mommy, mommy, I don't want to go to the council tonight, but <laughs> the seven-week-old uh, son to the first uh, full council meeting since, since becoming a mum and uh, she, she feels that because councillors don't get maternity uh, leave, more needs to be done to have an understanding of the challenges facing a, a female councillor. Yes, well, I know that like um, that uh, Kate Nichols' party colleague, um, Neil McAllister, um, you know, was in the papers uh, a few months back for for not attending certain meetings, and and she explained it was the the pressures of of you know of family life and and, and childcare, and as you say, you know, the the conditions, the working conditions for councillors, you know, the the fact that there isn't that maternity leave. But it was interesting for me to watch um, that unfold. You know, it's a very powerful image to see a, a young mother um, with her child uh, strapped to her chest being in the council chamber um, and if anything that sort of image encourages other women to get into politics but the response to, to what Kate did was quite shocking and you know in, in, in a lot of incidents people were saying you know isn't that brilliant and well done and you know I can't believe you're back to work after only seven weeks and fair play and all of those things but there was a, sh- a whole load of abuse around it as well about you know you can't have a career and be a mother pick one or the other you know why not express your milk why not leave the baby at home just a real lack of understanding about what women who have just given birth um, and who have children and, and working women are actually dealing with and going through. So again, you know, if uh, if 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 young mums um, who are who are um, you know highlighting this issue within council and within other environments um, are bringing to the fore an issue around maternity leave or around the conditions um, that the politicians are expected to work in, you know, p- perhaps in years gone by it wasn't so so much of an issue because there were very few women actually in the room. But increasingly, we see more women leading in politics. You know, I know that we still have a way to go, even though we have a lot of female party leaders. There's still a way to go to, to get the, the numbers um, more more evenly reflective of what society looks like. But all of these conversations and even these conversations on the radio now all contribute to that sort of change in society, the change in how we view working women. Um, and I think Kate, you know, being there and, and feeding her child, which is which is what mothers do, whether that's bottle or whether it's breastfed, um, is a great um, example for other women. Yeah. And I'm sorry, yeah, some of the other women in politics. And, and, and I suppose it's important for men generally to be more understanding of women. You're, you're saying there that, you know, they're being trolled with regards to taking yeah. the baby. But to, you can't win. Yeah, you, I, I understand you can't win because the, the, there has been a lot of vitriolic comment on social media, as you would imagine. And we get it here as well, where people are now sending texts about, you know, if you can't stick the heat 
get you know get out of the kitchen. All, all that sort of stuff's coming coming through. And here, here's a guy saying, Frank, uh, what about the men who work in close proximity to a menopausal woman? Uh, he says, I'm one, and I would love a quiet room or time out in the workplace for us men. It's a very unsympathetic view of the woman in his workplace. Yeah, well, that's that's life. That's what we're dealing with. You know, the like uh, as, as the example of Kate Nichol has shown you. On one hand, you have people telling you how great uh, what you're doing is, and then the, on the other half, you have people telling you that you know that you're an embarrassment or that you shouldn't be bringing your child to work or that you're not professional. You know, I think that Nicola Mallon from the SDLT experienced the same thing whenever she was uh, photographed uh, pushing her buggy and uh, meeting with the Secretary of State. You know, it was like, you know, a little cringe, how awful, you know, like this is an embarrassment, you know, you should be at home looking after your child. And it's just uh, all those sort of outdated attitudes are, are pretty ridiculous. And I think that, you know, we're not living in a society now where the man's the breadwinner for the family and that you can pay for a house and that you can pay to bring up three kids on one salary. We're in the, the, the sort of time frame where, where in general, both of the both parents have to work. Um, and, and the fact that women aren't, um, you know, as free uh, to take the choice to, to, to stay at home with their children if that's what they want to do. You know, I know that, that some women do do that, but in many circumstances, it's not a, it's not possible to do that. Okay. Um, and I think that um, I think that all of these conversations and even the one that we're having right now all contribute to making uh, conditions better for women, and that's to be applauded. Okay, just very briefly, because Norman's asked a question here, and he's directing it at your contributor. That is you, Amanda. Uh, ask your contributor: Is there any excuse? for a woman losing her temper in work because of premenstrual tension? Oh, um... I'm going to pass on that. It depends on the individual circumstances, but I suppose in the workplace, um, you're not supposed to lose your, your temper at all, and I'm sure the HR managers of the world will be better placed to answer that than I would. You should be up at storm, and you could sort them all out, Amanda. <laughs> the diplomacy's oozing out of you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Frank. Amanda. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.